Amen. Amen. Last year, last year we started off and we were fasting and praying. We might want to start getting ready for that in January. We take the first 21 days and, and we fast and pray and believe God for big things. And uh, last year uh, during that time, we, we used a scripture found in Ezra and it says that we, we fasted and sought God that he might show us the right way for us, the right way for our kids, the right way for our substance. How many you know there's a right way for your life? There's a right way for you. Amen. God's got a plan, right? If you've been around long, you know that one. God's got a plan for your life, not to harm you, but to prosper you. He's got hope and future. God's plan. That's the right way for you. Uh, John says that uh, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. That's what the righteousness is, his way of doing and being right. Then everything else that you're concerned about, he said, that'll be added to you. You, you know, the, the fact of the matter is, is that a lot of times we want God life. We got a great, great intention, right? We, we, we want to live for God. We want to, uh, we want to be for God. We want to, we want to have a relationship with God, but we end up living our life instead of God life. And then we're not getting, you know, the results that we're hearing about. We hear about all these promises of God and you're sitting around going, well, where's that in my house? You know, Isaiah 32, 18, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. And you're thinking, not around here. Hello, somebody. You know, I was talking to one guy. I said, how was Thanksgiving? He said, it was wonderful when they left. And uh, uh, all that chaos. And the reality is, the reality is, is that the promises of God are yes and amen. You know what that means? You know what that really means? That means that God is a yes God. He's a yes. He's always yes. You know, can I have your promise? Yes. That's what it means. Any of the promises are yours if you want them. But I got to tell you something. You got to live God life in order to produce God's promises. He promises you that if you live the right way, you'll get the right result. And so what we've got to do is we've got to learn how to, how to train ourselves, how to educate ourselves, how to control ourselves. So that we live God life. Amen. John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief, he came to kill, to steal. He came to destroy. But I've come that you might have zoe. Z-O-E is the Greek word for life. It's not, it's not the ability to inhale and exhale. It's life like God has it. It's more life than death. It's more peace than chaos. It's more hope than despair. It's more joy than sorrow. Hello, it's more provision than lack. It's more healing than sickness. I heard an amen over there, you know, in the Stephan row. Awesome to have you in the house today. Give Diane a big hand. You know, if you, if you don't think God's on the throne today, talk to Diane after church. And she'll help you with that. Jesus came to connect us to God life, but you have to live God life God's way, right? You just, just got to do it God's way. And, and you know, it's, it's the enemy's strategy to get you to live like you lived before you knew God. So, cause I, I don't think, I don't think the enemy would, would, would like anything more than to have a world full of people who say they know God, but don't live any different from people who don't know God. Right? Because that's, that's kind of the advertising, I think, that hell wants to propagate. Is that knowing God don't make any difference. And I'm here today to tell you that having God in your life makes all the difference. 
everything's different because God's in your life. Everything's better. Everything. You, you know, well, do you think we're better than people without God? Abso-stinking-lutely. Not better at a different level, but just better, better off. I got a better result. Why? Because now it's not based just on me. But I've connected to the guy who was victorious, and I get his record. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you know, you might as well just get thankful right about now because you, I know what you think of because uh, you're, you're like me. We think about all the times we made mistakes and all the times we said the wrong thing and all the times that, that we performed the wrong action, all the time we thought the wrong thought. Well, well, guess what? In Christ, I'm covered. And, it, it, and not, not free to just continue to live how I want, but empowered to live how I should. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a strength and an ability, you know, the stuff that you couldn't conquer before. You know what's crazy is before, uh, and this really isn't my message, so this is the free part, so hang on here. But, uh, you know, before you really learn God life, what you end up doing is, all, is you try really hard to live good. You want to be good, but when you're not good, then what you do is you try hard to come up with justifications for why you're not good so that it's not your fault, right? But what God does is he empowers you to succeed where you used to fail. And he, he gives you the ability to demonstrate Satan's defeat. And all of a sudden, you're a living testimony of the power of God. And I want us to live the life that God's called us to live. Amen? Having victory every day. When you get out of bed, hell freaks out. Come on. They're having a meeting about you right now. How are we going to talk them out of believing this? Just, just get, just get your big boy pants on and say, you know what? From this moment forward, I'm, I'm going to kick devil booty every day of my life. I'm going to do it. Look at somebody tell them I'm going to do it. You know, when, when, when the love of God impacts your life, it, it changes the way you do things. Daniel 11:32. it says the people who know their God, they're strong. Quit, quit saying, I'm weak. No, you're not weak, you're strong. If, if, you know God, if you're weak in an area, get to know what God says about that area of your life, and you'll find strength coming. All of a sudden, you'll increase in strength. And it says they carry out great exploits. In the King James Version, it says the people who know their God are strong, and they shall do exploits. And the word exploit in your King James Bible is in italics. Have you ever wondered why some words are in italics? It's because they've been added to the original text to help you understand it. But if you take it out in the original, it says people who know their God are one, they're strong, and two, they do. And that word do means to accomplish, to fulfill, to complete, to bring to fruition. The people who know God get some stuff done. That's awesome. You, the people who know God can, can take a thing and not quit in the middle, but they can make it all the way to the end. God declared the end at the beginning a lot of us quit in the middle because we haven't heard from god what the end is so we're in the middle and we're assuming we're finished we're not finished we're not at the end what's the end peaceful habitation what's the end your children serving god and loving god what's the end you walking in divine health and demonstrating satan's defeat every day of your life well how do we get there we get to know god we we develop our relationship with god god's a lover man and, and love doesn't just sit around inactive love does stuff God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? God, his love caused him to do something. And I'm telling you that the love of God that's touched your life, it's the goodness of God that's brought you to repentance, right? It's his goodness that pulls you back up on top again. I'm telling you that when you connect to this God life, all of a sudden you feel yourself being pulled towards doing greater and greater things. Things you get, things you just couldn't pull off before, all of a sudden, you're finding victory and success there. 
because you do it God's way. You're motivated by the power of God, the goodness of God, and the love of God. So we're going we're gonna to be people that do life God's way. Amen? So check this out. Uh, how are we going to do God life? Well, th- here's the deal. Is It's right here in the book. 1 Thessalonians. If you turn there or look to the screen, chapter 5, starting at verse 13, it says, Get along among yourselves, each of you doing your part. Our counsel is that you warn the freeloaders to get a move on. Yeah. Gently encourage the stragglers. Reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Be patient with each person, attentive to individual needs. Be careful that when you get on each other's nerves, notice it says when you do it, not if. Well, I don't think they should be like that. Well, the Bible says they're going to get on your nerves. So they're just living Bible. Okay. Uh, be careful that when you get on each other's nerves that you don't snap at each other. Look for the best in each other. Always do your best to bring it out. Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. Now, guys, you don't get a whole lot plainer than this. You know, sometimes we'll preach a, mar- uh, a, you know, a marriage message, and you're sitting in here, and you're single, and you think, I don't need that. Or you think your marriage is, you know, a tan, and you're just listening for people that weren't here. You know, or we can teach a, a, a parenting series, and if you don't have kids, you, you're thinking, well, that was for somebody else. Or if your kids are already gone, you're just sitting there in bliss. Uh, you, you, just kidding. Uh, you, you know, we can do a finance message, and you might think that's, maybe that's for maybe that's not. This one says, this is the way God wants you, who belong to Christ, to live. Guess what? We got a message here. It's not for people you know that you could send a tape to. Today, this one is for you, right? I said, this one is for you. Look at somebody you haven't looked at yet and tell them, I'm glad you're here. (laughs) This is the way God wants you to live. Uh, Check it out. Look back at verse 13. Get along. Isn't it great that that's where he starts? You know, Get along. Come on, put an end to all that, uh, you know, struggle and fight and competition and knock it off. Philippians 2, 2, in the message, it says, uh, love one another, agree with each other, be deep-spirited friends. There's something about the relational connect that God wants his people to enjoy. And so the enemy is doing everything he can to get you to isolate from people and from God. Proverbs 18.1 says, He who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire and is void of judgment. He's just trying to get life his own way. God says that's not smart. You know, the, the fact is, is that 57 times in your Bible, the phrase one another is used, love one another, encourage one another, bless one another, pray for one another. You can't do God life without another. You got to have them. Sorry, but you're stuck with us. Just pause and calmly think about that. We're supposed to get along. You know what's crazy is how many people spend so much of their time, their effort, and their resources in an endeavor. It's like a life goal to prove they're right about issues nobody else cares about. You know, you get all upset. You get fuzzed up like a cat. You ever seen a cat get fuzzed up? You know, it's funny because, you know, sometimes we can be up here looking this way and watching people come in. We see the ones coming in who are fuzzed up. 
People try to shake your hand. Get away from me. I'm going to find my own stupid seat. <laughs> Out in the parking lot, you're chasing the parking attendant, trying to run him down with the car. He's just trying to help you. You're just all fuzzed up. Coffee's the wrong brand. Can't believe the water bottles are so thin. Well, if you knew that we had refilled them on uh, Wednesday night, we use we used the baptism water to refill. We had a refilling service the other night. <laughs> if you weren't fuzzed up before, you should be now. <laughs> but we saved four ninety five, and it was awesome. You know, there are some things in life that you're just gonna have to let go of, just so you can get along. Well, I was right. That, missing the point. They were wrong. Missing the point. Supposed to just get along. Supposed to just have peace. You know, Galatians 5, 14. The whole law concerning human relationships and compiled with one precept. You shall love your neighbor as you do yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, be careful because you and your whole fellowship will be consumed by each other. But I say walk and live habitually in the spirit. Be responsive to and controlled by and guided by the Spirit. Then, certainly, you will not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh, which is human nature without God. See, a lot of us, we know God, we know about God, but we're not living with God. We're not, we're not, we're not following Jesus. We want Jesus to follow us. Wouldn't want to go anywhere. We're reading a book called... Uh, all in. And in the book, he talks about the fact that he wouldn't want to go anywhere without Jesus right there with him. But for a long time, that's, it was just making sure Jesus was following him. How many of us would rather turn the tide and start following Jesus? Let's be all in for God. You know, well, how, how, what's the first step? Get along. Get, well, is there a bunch of fighting going on? No, there's a bunch of growing going on. And what's going to happen, what's going to happen is you're going to be sitting there one day and in the middle of a service, you look over and through the doors comes that guy. Oh, they're here. Get along. Look at your neighbor and say, get along, little doggy. <laughs> look at what it says there. Get along. And each of you doing your part. Each of you doing your part. How many of you realize that you have a role to play in the body of Christ? You know, you were redeemed, and a lot of times, you know, we celebrate the, the redemption, but you got to understand that redemption doesn't just happen to happen. God re does everything he does with a purpose. You were redeemed with a purpose. You, there, there's a gifting. There's a calling on your life. It's a redemptive calling. There's a reason that you've been rescued from the jaws of hell. It's not just to inhale and exhale. God created you and he formed you to, to fulfill a purpose. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you, I knew you, sanctified you, I've ordained you. But what it says really is that God had a dream and he saw the future and he saw where you would fit. And before he even started shaping you, he had a plan where he's going to place you. And that purpose and that plan is what motivated him to begin to shape you the way that he shaped you. And he's put stuff inside of you that only you possess. He's sanctified you, made you different from everybody else on the planet. And he's ordained you or empowered you and authorized you to fulfill his dream. There's a role that you play. You know, think about it like a life production. You know, you're going through life and, and you have a role. You gotta, you gotta stay in character. 
You know, James said a lot of people look into the, into the book of the law. It's like looking into a mirror and they see who they are. But quickly they turn, they walk away and quickly forget who they are. They, they get out of character. You've got to realize that it, it takes more than buying a t-shirt and getting a bumper sticker to, to live God life. You got, you got to stay in character. There's a, there's a certain way that we live, right? There's, there's a certain way that we talk. We speak God's word. We speak life, not death. You know why a lot of us struggle getting along? It's because we just can't help ourselves from saying what we're thinking. I'm going to give them a piece of my mind. You want to be very careful because you've got very few pieces left. You know, be, just be careful. <laughs> Don't need you running out, you know. I got, I'm just going to say what I feel. Mistake. We've got to say what he says. Stay in character. Don't forget your lines. It's a, life is a production. We already know the end. We win. But, but can, can, I, can I just tell you something? You're not going to enjoy sustained victory until you learn your part. You won't know fulfillment until you're doing what God's called you, equipped you, ordained you to do. And your gifting... You do not have the gift of complaining. You're, you don't have the gift of finding fault. You don't have the gift of tearing down. So you need to just say, you know what, uh, 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 and what I'm hoping this weekend is that you just find one step, one thing that you can take one step in and grow. Make it this one, that, that you get along and just do your part. Just take one verse. Well, what scripture should I weave into the fabric of my life? Get along, do your part. Get along, do your part. Get along, do your part. Look, look, look. Joel 2, 7 and 8, he's talking about you. I'm going to read about you for a minute. They run like mighty men. They climb the wall like men of war. They march, each one straight ahead on his ways. They do not break their ranks. Neither does one thrust upon another. They walk every one in his path. Only they burst through and upon the weapons, yet they are not wounded and they do not change their course. That's just doing your part. Just staying in, in rank. Just, just, just stay in focus. Just stay committed. You know what we're doing here? You know what we're called to do here? Finding people who are far from God and connecting with them, walking with them, bringing them closer to God. And of course the enemy is going to try to disrupt that purpose. So he'll try to get you upset with the people you're walking with. Come on, just get along. Do your part. Walk it out. Just, just walk it out. Amen. Okay, number three. Number three. Number one. You got it? Number two. You're doing your part. You got it. Number three. Uh, how many points did we get today? Ten. Awesome. Number three. This is the one you are all looking for. Warn the freeloaders. Got quiet in here right there. <gasps> Warn the freeloaders. King James, I think it says, the unruly. What, it, the, what the word means is those that deviate from a prescribed order. So you got to understand, this is how we do life. Some people feel obligated to prove they don't have to do life a certain way to get a certain result. Now, let me talk to the parents for just a minute. Parents, you've raised kids. Isn't there just something 
in all of our kids that want to prove they don't have to do it your way? Come on, don't leave me hanging. You know, just going to prove I can, I can, you know, this is my life. And I'm thinking, God, thank you, Jesus is not mine. You know, not referring to anybody in particular. Just, just, just things I've noticed, you know, while watching others. Uh, we all have a tendency, you know, to want to want to do it our way. But the problem is, is that our way, uh, there's a way, Proverbs eleven twelve. 12. Uh, there's a way that seems right to a man. Seems right to you. But the end, death, separation from the promise of God, from the peace of God, from fellowship with God. You know, that's a freeloader. That, that's what it's talking about. And he said, you know, warn the freeloaders. You've got to care enough about the people you're walking with to confront them. Your, 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 your duty isn't to put them down. Your duty is to help them get a move on. Come on, move on from that. Don't hang out there. That's killing you. Let's go. Come on, you're, 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 you're missing your victory. Walk with this. And, and in the process, please close your pie hole for a minute. Please. Spewing out death. Just, just walk. Just walk. Man, you gotta, you got to have some people in your life that have been given permission to protect you. So that when, you know what, we're all just one step away from stupid. I mean, it, it, we could do stupid at any moment. And, and you need somebody who can look at you and say, uh, dude, you're, you're, you're walking wrong. You're going to end up not producing the promise. You're not going to have peaceful habitation. You, you're not going to have victory. That attitude is not a victorious attitude. Those words are not life-giving words. That, the, the way that you're doing that, you know what, you just need to you stop it. Warn the freeloaders. You know, Romans 8, 6 says to be carnally minded is death. Spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded, that's sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. Makes sense to you. It's reasonable to you. But if it's not led by the Holy Spirit, it's, you're still, it's still going to mess you up. So you, you, you got to warn the freeloaders, you know, that, hey, if you, if you keep making those decisions, you, someday, someday you're, you're going to have a collision. You know, stay on track. Stay on track. Warn the freeloaders. Look what it says. Encourage the stragglers. Increase courage in those who are around you. You know, uh, Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary while doing good. A lot of people are trying to do good, but they, they're growing weary. But he said, don't grow weary. In due season, we will reap if we don't lose heart. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be speaking life into each other and, and encourage, increasing the courage. Why? Well, 365 times in the Bible, it says, fear not or be not dismayed or don't lose heart. That's one for every day of the year. Why in the world would God say, fear not? Because it's gonna get scary up in here. There's gonna, you're gonna face some stuff that's gonna challenge your faith, gonna challenge your ability to trust God. You, you know, Acts 16, 32 in the message says, put your entire trust in the master Jesus. You'll live the life you were meant to and your whole house too. That sounds easy. It is on a good day. 
But then when the kids get out of bed, your wife wakes up, all of a sudden putting your entire trust in the master is more difficult than it was in that quiet time that you had with Jesus. Well, you need some people who can increase your courage. So that when the doctor says, it's not looking real good, you got people standing around you saying, don't worry about that. We will live and not die and declare the goodness of our God. you got to have some people who will stand around you and speak life into you when you open up the mailbox and it's filled with bills and you don't know how we're going to make it. We're barely going to make it. And then they tell you, oh, yeah, you don't work here anymore. you got to have somebody who can increase your courage because if you walk in fear, that's not the way that God life works. You can't walk in fear. we got to encourage you. Stay on this path. Stay on this path. Quit acting depressed. Quit coming in and letting everybody know how hard it is for you. That's not going to produce the result you want. I just need somebody to feel sorry for me. No, you don't. You know, if you climb a mountain, I mean a real mountain, you know, Rainier, Mount Hood, you go climb, you reach a place where you have to tie yourself to somebody else. And things that you've carried with you, you have to be willing to leave them behind. Because they're not going to the summit. There's some things that are not going to the summit. Kind of reminds me of that verse in Hebrews where it says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Not every weight is a sin. It's just weight. A lot of us have put so much stuff in our life, we don't have any margin. We don't have time to obey God. We don't have money to obey. We can't afford to obey God. We, we, we don't have the right relationships because we've just opened the door to everything and life's so full. Well, some things, if you're going to go to the summit, you have to be willing to step away from. Well, that'll preach. You know, what is it in your life that you need to step away from? Uh, but you need, you, need, you need somebody in your life that when you start to fall behind, they can encourage you and say, come on, I'm, you're tied to me. Let's go. Let's, let's go. There's nothing worse than trying to climb a mountain being tied to somebody who's trying to go back down it. You know, there is a point, there is a point where an individual has to make a decision. Do I stay connected or do I cut the line? I would rather you are in the position to make the decision than to be hanging over the edge with somebody else choosing. How long do I try to hold on? Be an encourager. Just realize, you're the encourager. Encourage the stragglers. You're not supposed to be straggling. Well, aren't there times when we all do? At first. But after you get your momentum going, you know, you get your groove on, after you start living for God. Listen, can can I just tell you, if if you've been born again, saved, redeemed, blood-bought, in the church for 25 years... You shouldn't have to be encouraged every weekend. If you always need to be encouraged, come on now, come on now, think right, get over it. You're a bummer. Well, don't you love us? Mm Mm-hmm. Love you enough to tell you, you're a bummer. Suck the life out the room, here they come. That's not who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the ones who are encouraging the stragglers. We're reaching out for the exhausted. Well, see, people are exhausted. Well, do you understand that when you break this down in the original text, the exhausted are those who have wandered off the trail, tried to blaze their own trail. They've missed the mark. So you reach out for them and get them back up on their feet. If you're exhausted today, it's because you're living wrong. 
Thank you for that huge response. If you're exhausted, it's because you don't know how to say no. And the reason you don't know how to say no is because you haven't spent time with God to find out what the dream is. So you're trying to do everything instead of this one thing I do. You know, that's what it says in the Bible. I forget those things which are behind, and I press towards the mark, not a bunch of marks. The mark. You know what I'm hoping that we can do is we, last night we, we did baby dedications, and there was like 317 of them, <laughs> give or take 300. And, um, <clears throat> I mean, you know, babies all over the place. And I got to thinking about it, and, and, and you know, it's, it's really awesome uh, that it's them and not us. That's what I say. Thank you, Jesus. But uh, uh, I'm thinking, you know, in the way we raise our kids, you know, I know it sounds good. Come on, Johnny, you can do anything that you set your mind to. You can be anything you want to be. That sounds encouraging. But why not encourage our children to find the thing that God's purposed them for? Yeah, you're right. You can do anything. But think what would happen if you did the thing. Train up a child in the way he should go. Uh, I like to amplify it. It says, uh, according to his particular bent. You know, you know, there's something, there's a purpose that God has for your life. Can I just tell you that that's where you're going to find real fulfillment? And it's exhausting to try life another way. To, to wander off the trail, to try to cut your own trail, to try to make it. Uh, well, wait a minute. If, if you let God direct your steps. I think Jesus said something like this. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you you rest. Can I tell you one of the most cool things about serving God is that it's kind of hard, but incredibly easy at the same time because I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ. Who's infusing me with an inner strength. It, it can be nerve wracking, but joyful all at the same time. Let your neighbor say, God, life's a trip. <laughs> Encourage the stragglers. Look at, look at what it says. Verse 14. Reach out for the exhausted, pulling them to their feet. Get them up on their feet. Uh, look at Isaiah 35. Just go to verse 8, if you would. 35, verse 8. And it's talking about the God life way. And, and, but this verse says there's a highway there. And, and, and it shall be called the holy way. Everybody say the holy way. I, I know, you know, in church we talk about holiness and everybody kind of gets up tight and freaks out a little bit. Because, oh, holiness, isn't that a bunch of rules? No, holiness, the word holy simply means other than. It's, it's separated. God's a holy God. There ain't nobody like our God. And, 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 and you know what? There, there's, a, there's a highway called holiness that we're supposed to be walking on. And it's different from the world. Okay? It's, it's, it's different. But matter of fact, for some of us to understand, well, what would be the right way to do it? Just anything different than what you used to do. That would work. Okay. But the holy way, look, the unclean can't walk there. But it's for the redeemed. Remember, redemption is a, has a purpose. So there, there's a highway God's carved out for your life. 
uh, 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 you know, made ready in advance so that you could live the good life that he's prearranged and made ready for you to live. Uh, uh, and and there's, a, there's a highway there, and yet when you're walking on it, you're not unclean. You, you're, you're holy. You're separated to God. And look at this. Wayfaring men, yes, simple ones and fools can't even screw it up. I love this verse because sometimes I'm an idiot. But I can't even mess up God's plan for my life. If I keep my heart right, even when I do the wrong thing, I still win. But if your heart's wrong, you can do all the right stuff. You're still going to lose. So what you want to do is just keep your heart right. Just stay on the track. And remember, this is the way God wants me to live. Look back at the verse. It says, be patient and attentive. Be aware of the needs of others. Be patient and attentive. Be patient. A lot of people think that patience is the ability to wait a long time. No, that's crazy. I don't like long lines. So that can't be what patience means. There's certain drive through restaurants I won't go to. Because I think fast food should be fast. Can I get an amen? Thank you. <laughs> I've heard people make this statement. It's kind of dumb. They think it's really spiritual, but it's just dumb. Don't ever ask God for patience. Well, the Bible says I'm supposed to have patience. So if I were the devil, and I'm not. <laughs> but if I were the devil, I'd try to convince you, don't ask God for help with patience. What a dumb thing to say. Don't ask God for patience. All of a sudden, you'll end up in a long line. Uh, patience means the ability to remain the same regardless of time. That stuff doesn't fuzz you up. That it doesn't change the direction you're headed just because the circumstances have changed. Be patient with each other. You, you know, one of the definitions in, in that word, uh, in the original context, is it says, don't punish quickly. Breathe a little. You know, sometimes we get so engaged in what we're doing that one little speed bump and we're ready to rip somebody a new one. Because that's, we're not used to that. We're, we're outside the comfort zone. We are, we, we are uh, you know, no, that's, I, 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 like it. I like it this way. And when it doesn't go that way, you know, Change. Well, it should, you know, we shouldn't have to deal with change. No, wait a minute. Whose needs are you trying to meet? Yours or the needs of others? How do I grow in patience? It tells us right here. Be attentive to the needs of others. Quit worrying about what you need. Stay focused on what others need. And you'll find out that you'll be so engaged in meeting their needs that you're not bothered by yours because when you do it God's way, he meets your needs. Be patient. Be patient. Look at verse 15. 
Look out for the best in others. Look for the best in others. Look at somebody and say, what are you looking at? <laughs> I think a lot of Christians, you know, they're searching for fault like it was a hidden treasure. Digging around trying to find what's wrong. Knock it off. Look for the best in others. See what God sees. And maybe a question you ought to ask yourself, because, you know, if what, you, you know, what you're looking for, that's what you're going to find. Well, but, so maybe you should uh, put it this way. He said, do, do what you can to... Uh, you know, do your best to bring it out. Maybe the question we need to ask ourselves is, what are we bringing out of others? What are you bringing out of others? Let's make sure that we're working. This is the way God wants us to live, that we find the best and bring it out of people. That we just bring it out. That, you know, everybody's got faults. Everybody's got some stuff. Everybody's got some issues. That's why God put us together. Right? That's why relationship is so vital. You, you know, the issues that we have, they don't get worked out on the weekend service. They get worked out during the week as we walk together. Right? So, but how are you going to bring the best out in people? Well, you're going to look for it. You're going to find it. And, and you're just going to do everything you can to bring the best out of people. These next ones are so important. I got, I got to jump. I got to, I got to go. So check it out. Verse 17. Or 16, sorry, 16. Be cheerful no matter what. You telling me to be happy? Uh-huh. Well, you don't know what I'm going through, no matter what. You don't know what they said, no matter what. Be cheerful. Do you realize, I'm hoping that you get this, that this is the way God wants you to live. Come on, a lot, a lot of us go through life, we look like we've been baptized in pickle juice. We, we got a Jesus t-shirt, a, you know, a, a bumper sticker and a nasty attitude. I'm wondering why nobody wants to be like us. Well, because you suck. You know, you know, and yeah, well, everybody can have a bad day. Yeah, but you've had like seven years of them. Cheer up. Be cheerful no matter what. What was that verse you read? Uh, Let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy and be in high spirits. It's Bible, folks. This is how God wants you to live in. Filled with cheer. Be of good cheer. In the world, there's tribulation. But be of good cheer. You know what, you know what the word good is? Pe listen, if I say God is good, you say... All the time. All the time. People all over the world, you can do that, and they say that. And anywhere but here, they say it really loud. <laughs> Scream it. God is good! And... and Oh, yeah, now you're going, yeah. A little late. Okay, uh, people, but, but they shout that, they scream it, but they don't even know what the word good means. God is good. God is good. Really? What does good mean? He's nice. No, the word good means something that gives of itself for the betterment of its environment. When God was in the creation process and he created stuff and he said it is good, the sun, and it is good. Well, yeah, the sun's good. Scientists will tell you that the sun's getting smaller all the time. Why? Because it's giving of itself for the betterment of his environment. Be of good cheer. What's good cheer? 
cheer that gives of itself for the betterment of this environment. You, you don't represent you no more. You represent God. You're his ambassador. It ain't your life. It's his life. And when you're uncheerful, you're the wrong picture to the people who need it most. Be cheerful no matter what. Well, how am I going to be cheerful? Read verse 17. Pray all the time. That'll help you. Pray. You know, uh, Philippians 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your prayers and let your requests be made known to God. Prayers and supplications with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and mind riveted on Him. How do I, how do I get that peace? You rejoice all the time. You tell Him, his word, that's what prayer is. Prayer is taking God's word and God's presence, getting into agreement with God on the word. You, you, you just get in agreement with the word of God. I'm going to live. And I'm not going to die. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to, I put my trust in you so I will ever shout for joy. I'm going to be in high spirit. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to, I'm going to shove the devil's face right in it because he's trying to show me everything that's wrong, but I live for the guy who's everything's right. So pray. All the time. Look at the next verse. Thank God no matter what happens. You know, I, I think it's really interesting that the Bible says that we're supposed to be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time, and no matter what happens, thank God. So in other words, be cheerful and pray. But even when you don't get what you want, no matter what happens, give him thanks. I know there's a way that you think it ought to go. There's a way that you want God to do it. But we're not God. God's not serving us. We're serving him. And so we need to go to God. We need to make it known. We can trust him. We can rely on him. We can count on him. We can call to him. But at the end of the day, we just need to thank God no matter what happens. I want to read one more verse, uh, Psalms 95. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. Make a joyful noise. Maybe you've got to ask yourself, what kind of noise does my life make? Is it joyful? What, what, what sound? What's the noise that's coming out of my life? It might be time for you, you know, to tune to a different channel. Get a new frequency. Let that sound that's coming out of your life produce joy and thanksgiving to God. Now, make a joyful noise. Here's some of the original uh, definitions. To shout, to raise a sound, to give a blast, to shout a war cry, to shout in triumph over the sound of your enemy, to shout in applause. Not sure how you do that quietly, but that's up to you. He's the rock of our salvation. He's our deliverance, our rescue, our safety. And so we anticipate looking into his face when we come into his presence with an offering of thank yous, demonstrated proof of appreciation, demonstrated proof of appreciation. Why does God want me cheerful all the time to demonstrate proof that you appreciate all that he's done for 
you. Hasn't God been good? Hasn't he been good to you? You know, I think we ought to just give him an applause of thank yous. Come on, somebody, and just tell God how good he is. Thank you, Lord. Increase our courage.